it's time to take off on the Award Travel 101 podcast. Helping you maximize your travel rewards, no matter your destination or budget. Now here are your hosts, Award Travel 101 Community Managers, Angie Sparks and Joseph Petrovic, to help you do extraordinary things on Ordinary Money. When it comes to award travel, earning points is easier than redeeming them for the best value. Rather than spending hours per trip searching on your own, let Thrifty Traveler Premium's Army of Flight Analysts do the work for you with their customized premium alerts. Since we're seeing award space to more locations than we've seen in years, you will know that you have a partner you can trust watching out for you and that you're getting a great deal every single day from Thrifty Traveler's premium alert service. Whether using miles or points, or you're just looking for a cheap cash flight, Thrifty Traveler Premium will send customized alerts just for you. Just recently, with the help of Thrifty Traveler's Premium Alerts, I was able to book the brand new Japan Airlines A350-1000 in business class to Tokyo for just 60,000 American Advantage miles and $5.60. I booked previous alerts like Emirates Business Class from Milan on the A380 for 73,000 points. Iberia Business Class to Venice for 34,000 points, and Business Class on ITAS, or you might recognize it as ITA, brand new A330-900neo for 54,000 points from Rome to New York City. So if you want more premium deal award alerts sent straight to your inbox, head on over to thriftytraveler.com and use promo code AT10 for $10 off your first year and tell us where you're hoping Thrifty Traveler Premium will take you. And we're back for episode 57 of the Award Travel 101 podcast. My name is Joseph Petrovic, and I'm here with my partner, Angie Sparks. Hey, Angie. Hey, Joe. Hey, how are you doing? Splendid. Getting ready for a nice day today. I think it's one of the last of the ski seasons. So a little bit later this afternoon, daughter and I are going to hit the slopes. But before we get to that, let's jump into our post of the week. So one of our members was in London And she was in a panic because she had lost her son's passport and needed help. She knew exactly where it was. It was left in a drawer at a previous hotel and they contacted the hotel. And the guest that was in that room now was like, nope, nothing in here. But apparently there was also a little bit of cash in that drawer as well. So anyway, the the poor member, she was just like terribly upset. You know, how's what are we going to do? And our members just they jumped in and helped her, calmed her down, you know, posted links, you know, go to this site, go to the U.S. Embassy, kind of talked her into what she needed to do so that she was able to get that resolved. I'm sure I haven't heard back from her to see if um, she was able to get it resolved timely before her flight. But it was just another example of how this community looks out for each other. And, you know, Somebody had immediate need and people, so many people chimed in to help her. I was, it was, it was heartwarming. So, and I'm sure she was able to get her son's emergency passport to get home. At least she was in London and she wasn't in, you know, the back of beyond some country <laughs> that, you know, and it, it was, you know, it, it wasn't like a, some national holiday where she was going to have to wait, you know, weeks and weeks and you know, days and days to be able to get in. So. No, that was amazing that there was so much immediate response on that and so many great suggestions and helpful tips. One of the reasons that I do love the Award Travel 101 community because so many experienced members were able to jump in and, again, offer such great suggestions and help. And anytime we have 
folks with emergencies like that, we try to make sure we get those out immediately so they can be attended to. So let's with that, let's hop over to the news. We've got a lot of things to cover before we jump into our main topic today. And Eddie Odd Guest made some changes or will be making some changes. Yeah, cancellation policy looks kind of poor going forward. I haven't, I've not used them yet. So I haven't, you know, really read this to see, you know, it's one of those when I go to use it, it's going to be whatever the policy is in effect now. So why get, (laughs) why get upset about something that has never affected me before? Yeah, I believe they used to have a more friendly policy as far as they, they charged like 10% of the award booking, or maybe it was a few thousand miles if you canceled. So it was a pretty standard award cancellation booking. But now, you know, depending on where you are in the time frame of it, it's going to change. So it could be anywhere from 75% to 0% as to how Holy much cow. you get back. So it's not really great. Oh, that's not so good. We'll link that into the show notes so you can read more and find out what you need to know because there'll be some award changes, which they've mostly said are beneficial, but really aren't that great. And uh, all, of course, the ones we really want are more expensive. So uh, next, Alaska Awards. There are some that you need to get in before March. Of course, this episode will be airing in March, but uh, we don't think it'll probably be right away as there's no specific timeline on what day in March, but at some point in March. Alaska Awards are going to become more expensive for some of these sweet spots. The next thing is, is the big news this week. I was even hearing about this from non-award travel friends, is that Capital One is set to acquire Discover. Now, this is a long way out that still has to go through government approval and all the regulatory stuff, but all sorts of, you know, conspiracy thoughts and whatnot. (laughs) What do you think is going to happen? And Anyway, so that that's something just to keep an eye on, but we really don't know a whole heck of a lot right now. I guess it's past the board approval of Capital One, so now it's it's up to the government, and we all know how the government works. Yeah, this could go uh, on for years before we really see what happens, and it might be useful, though, for some of you who are looking to get Capital One cards. If this were to clear, of course, Capital One has a two-personal card policy, so if you have a discover personal card that gets swapped over, uh, you may end up wanting to get those consumer cards first. And the next thing is American Airlines made a couple of <laughs> changes this week. They increased bag fees. They they slashed their miles transfer fee. I guess that's if you're transferring your miles to another person, which I'm not going to do that. I would just book in that person's name. But they also made it that if you booked a basic economy ticket on an OTA, I guess you don't earn any loyalty program, whatever, you don't earn any loyalty points. Not any OTA. So if you use any kind of OTA and they haven't announced what they are because they're planning to keep those close to the cuff, but they plan on changing those OTAs every six months. And it's a really smart business decision on their part, you know, because they are saying, hey, if you don't use the portals we want you to use who are doing the best on, on behalf of American Airlines, you know, then we're not going to award you miles or loyalty points. But it's certainly going to hurt the users who are booking, you know, using their Sapphire Reserve or right. Capital One Travel or, or Amex Travel, any of these other portals, uh, you will no longer be able to or possibly 
no longer be able to earn loyalty points towards status for American Advantage miles. Love these enhancements. So let's move on to trip reports because we have a whole, whole lot of stuff to cover. So I have not a whole lot of nothing still going on. We are going to the beach in May. P2 has a conference and one of his partners messaged me. She's like, come on, you guys have to come. It's going to be fun. So we are. Yay. I actually go to go sleep in another bed somewhere. And I am about to start canceling all my safari things. I, I was holding out last possible hope that we would sell this house and find something new, but that hasn't happened yet. And what I have heard, though, is one of the other people that we're, tra- we're supposed to travel with, they went to cancel theirs and pulled up the, you know, the reservation online. And all of a sudden, it has a cancellation date of 90 days prior. I'm like, uh, no. No, 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 no. And I pulled up my email confirmation and it says two days prior. So unfortunately, that means I think going to have to have P2 get on the call because the reservation is in his name and we will get that dealt with. But it's not as simple and easy as I thought it was going to be to just go click and make it be go away. So always always something. When it comes to stuff like that and fun things where they try to change things on you. Yeah. And they snuck that in there. I mean, I think I checked. Two months ago, when we started thinking about canceling this, and it's like, and it said 60 days in the app at that point. And then all of a sudden you log in and it's like, oh no, it was February 7th. I'm like, mm, no, they're playing funny games. <laughs> so how about you? I'm sure you have way more interesting things tripwise than I do. Yeah, I have a whole bunch this weekend. It's been a little while since we recorded and I have Sydney just two weeks away and <laughs> I rebooked my hotel. So I, I dumped the Hyatt Regency which I had booked for 30,000 points for two nights and I'd use a sweet upgrade award. I exchanged that for a fine hotel and resorts booking through Amex Travel with a Amex Platinum card. There's a $200 credit. Plus you get all the benefits of status like room upgrade, early check-in, late checkout, free breakfast for two, as well as a $125 property credit. Did all that at the, again, the four seasons. So I think that'll be a nice way to use up that credit and get some extras and freebies all on a cash rate. Uh, it was like $530 to stay two nights at the Four Seasons. So I'm looking forward to that. I booked this recently, just uh, last week, and it got some nice discussion going in the Award Travel 101 community <laughs> about the fact that I have been trying to get a trip back for our spring break trip coming up next month. And that's returning to the United States from the U.S. Virgin Islands. I had this nice trip put together. I'll link that into the show notes all about that. But I ended up using almost 100,000 ultimate rewards through the Chase Travel Portal to book us back to Atlanta, rent a car, stay a night in Atlanta, then drive home. Oh, my gosh. Not everybody was uh, loving that idea through the community, although it's a way it was the cheapest way for me to get home. So it is a fully refundable booking. So if I find something better, I will cancel and get all my points back. But, you know, just showing that there are different ways to do this. I've also been playing around with some flights. I'm on my third iteration of my travel home from Korea. And so we're doing Japan and Korea with my brother and sister-in-law. I mentioned that a few times previously, but I don't have the flight that I love yet. And so, you know, I've had a United award booking. I had an American Airlines booking. 
I canceled both of those and I booked another American Airlines through Zhao coming home to New York City. It's the closest thing to home yet, but I need to get from Korea to Tokyo to make that. And there was a way to book it for just 11,000 avios and you know, I think it was like $50 in taxes. I actually chose 12,500 American miles and $20 in taxes. And even though that I have most of my AVOs from a 40% transfer way back, like a year, two, two years ago, actually now, two I years ago. Is, um, the problem with it is, is that they keep the up to $50 of any of your bookings. So I don't know that this is the flight that I'm even on the third iteration of coming home. It's not one that I'm going to necessarily hold. And therefore, because I know I can fully cancel and get a full refund on American. I chose American for the flexibility rather than the best award price. On that topic, I booked all my flight or, you know, all the hotels on cash in Korea because the exchange rate is very favorable to U the US dollar right now. And it's a pretty poor return on points, in my opinion, to use Hyatt points. Uh, it was like over 200,000 Hyatt points for the 10 days we have booked there. And versus like 24, 2500 bucks in cash rate. So it's not my ideal use. And therefore, effectively, what I had done recently is I rebooked all those and I'm going to save almost 600 bucks on that. So it's worth checking into what you have booked and rebooking things because not everything stays static. Next, I set a calendar notice. We have a trip uh, to Europe. I've mentioned before my trip to Europe with my dad. We're going to do a cruise of the Adriatic and Mediterranean seas, hitting um, Croatia, Malta, and Italy. And I have my original stay there. We're getting there two nights early into Venice, where we'll, we'll be about an hour and a half away from the port of uh, cruise, uh, the cruise port. And then from there, I had originally booked the Hyatt-centric Murano, which is a little island off of Venice. So we would have had to shuttle back and forth to Venice to see the area. But I recently had set a, a calendar notice as well, because I know Choice tends to open up their awards 100 days out. And therefore, I was kind of watching. And one of the benefits of a Choice Award is that whether it's a standard award or a suite, everything is available for the same price. And there's a, a suite there at the Hotel Aquarius, which is a choice property. It was 32,500 choice points per night. But because choice, you can get choice points, two choice points for every city thank you point. That means 32,500 city thank you points will book you two nights. And the uh, cash price for this suite for the two nights that we're going to be there is like seventeen, eighteen hundred bucks. So thirty-two thousand oh, five hundred nice. city thank you points, which is like sixteen thousand, little over sixteen thousand points per night to stay at a thing that's like almost eight hundred bucks per night. So pretty decent there. And finally, I booked my first trip into twenty twenty-five. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I was talking before, I only had trips booked out to middle of July, which is the return of our Japan and Korea trip. And I, since we've been getting into skiing more and more, I decided that we're going to go out to ski country out in Colorado, book the Grand Hyatt out in Vail. We used a sweet upgrade award to stay there for three nights over President's Day weekend. And guess how much it costs for those three nights? I have no idea. 
It's crazy. It's like $5,200 to stay three nights there. So, you know, again, I'll use my 105,000 points for something like that, where I don't want to pay some ridiculous amount of money to go. Now you can buy lift tickets instead with that money. And I'll buy my season lift passes in the spring when they go on sale so that I don't have to pay $300 per day per person to, to go skiing. But one of the things I found with that, and for members that will have to watch, and you kind of touched on this already with your uh, safari booking, is that you really have to watch these cancellation policies because the Grand Hyatt Vale has a 30-day cancellation window. So I have to know, you know, back in the middle of January or by the middle yeah. of January, if I'm going or not, I'm not going to be able to cancel this like two days out and get all of that back because they'll charge you full price. For right. these, you don't book. And I'd actually considered Park City because we're supposed to have a new Frontier flight that flies nonstop from Cleveland to um, Salt Lake City. And Park City, Utah is just a 45 minute drive or so away. But they are immediate, full non cancellation for that oh. window of time. So I was like, yeah, mm, no. no, thank <laughs> you. So just watch what you're doing and know that. You know, while there are great opportunities to use your awards to do cool things that many other people wouldn't be able to do, you can really get yourself into trouble if you're not watching those terms and conditions. So moving on, Angie, what bonuses did we get? Well, actually, I haven't had a done them post yet, but I'm cranking away on things. So I finally had the business checking po- bonus post. I'm still waiting for the 20,000, you know, extra credit one that hasn't posted yet. I'm finished with the Wyndham spend. So that card has been put away in the sock drawer and I'm waiting for that bonus to hit. Um, my Alaska card, I am more than halfway there. Thank you, plumber. And the Capital One Venture X business card arrived. You know, finally, it got here in time that I can pay my property insurance because I was kind of concerned about that since that's going to be the major component of being able to hit that spend. And for a charge card and for a business charge card, they did this to me on my Spark Miles card when I got that, you know, a couple of years back. It's really dumb the way they do it because the card has to learn your spend. So, you know, luckily my real, my insurance agent will work with me on this. So you go in and, and it's kind of like with Amex, you check your spending power or your purchasing power. So, you know, I started off with uh, about 5,000. Yes, we'll approve you. Okay. How about 6,000? <laughs> it was like, I just kept going up and up and up to see how much it would finally let me do. So when I had charged a big old chunk of it, and then my husband's going somewhere today with our son, that he, that's why it's so quiet in my house. And I'm like, okay, here's the new card. I'm like, wait a minute, how much are you going to spend? Let's see if they'll let you spend it. And I had to make a payment before he could spend anything. I'm like, this is so dumb. But sadly, not sadly, whatever you want to look, I will probably have that minimum, I will probably have that minimum spend done by the end of this week between the painters and finishing up property insurance and whatever he buys today. So I'll have that one knocked out. And I think I'm going to take a break for a bit. I'm I'm feeling quite poor at the moment. I'm wondering if you just tried a really high number right off the bat rather than trying lower numbers, if it would. I did. It didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) 
I really did start with $15,000 that said, nope. I'm like, okay, let's go back and scale up to see how much we can get up to. I've never uh, pushed myself out of the limit. I've never tried anything crazy, but I think I've tried over six figures on the Amex Platinum variant cards. And they all said they'd approve me. I don't know that I'd ever want to do that. And it would certainly not make sense in my situation to ever do something in that nature. But they've all said that they'll approve me. And I'm always like shocked when I look at it and say, well, you know what my income is and you know uh, what I typically spend on these cards and you're going to approve me for, you know, a hundred plus thousand dollars. It's kind of crazy. So guess we'll see. I've really been thinking about that VentureX business card and that is coming to an end here within the next week and a half or so. So Yeah, I would say March 9th, I think is the date. So so make sure uh, you get that if you're looking to get it. It does have a, a nice enhanced welcome offer right now. And it certainly will be good for those who can knock out that spend. How about you? What'd you get? Nothing terribly exciting. I'm not working on any cards at this moment. Like I mentioned the last time, I think we're kind of backing off cards for now. I am working towards spending on the World of Hyatt business card to knock out that bend towards status and earn Elite Night credits. Otherwise, I've just earned some referrals. I earned a 40,000 ink referral. And that's something, you know, you've just put these things on your personal page and it's a way for people who might be interested. You never know when somebody will be interested in something you post there and uh, somebody signed up for one of my inks. So uh, 40,000 points to me. Yay. And then that's uh, nice. Barclays had a similar thing. They don't do this very often, but they sent out a link um, back in January and they emailed uh, members. I don't know if every member got it or if it was targeted members. But you could earn up to 50,000 American miles uh, if you did 10,000 miles per person who signed up. I know my brother and sister-in-law signed up and obviously at least three other people did as well. Uh, nobody told me who they were who did it, but I had at least five referrals and earned 50,000 miles for referring that Barclays Aviator Red. That must have been a targeted offer because I don't think I had that because I, I probably would have been posting that on my personal page as well if I had gotten that. So nothing else exciting. Let's head on over to the highlight feature, crafting a credit card strategy. And it's targeted from one of our members who said, hey, everybody talks about building this nice strategy, but nobody ever talks about what that strategy actually is. Yep. Thank you, Steve Harms, for the recommendation. And actually, we're open to other suggestions if our listeners have ideas that they think that they would like to hear us talk about rather than just hearing us talk. So everybody, of course, is different, you know, with what kind of cards they get. And, you know, when I talk to local friends, I know that they're not going to want to jump whole hog into this hobby and open a bunch of cards. They, they just don't care. They want one or two cards that will earn them a bunch of points. So that's kind of the first thing is you have to look at the person that you're talking to and see, you know, are you going to play really hard? And <laughs> you want to be like, you know, the two of us and have 40 plus cards. Do you want to be like, <laughs> You know, my son and daughter-in-law, you know, three or four, but, you know, you can't get business cards. You have to look at your own particular situation. So, you know, so the basic strategy is the same for everybody. Do you have a player two? Can you get a business card? How hard do you want to play the game? You need to evaluate any upcoming trips that you have going on. I mean, Joe talked about it in a previous podcast, how 
you know, an AA card doesn't make sense for you when you're first starting out. But his brother and sister-in-law, they could open those, that Barclays card there and get 50,000 miles and get them home from Korea. So, you know, AA miles are very hard to come by except for that. So do you have a trip where AA is the best option for you? Is there a hotel that you specifically want to stay at so it makes sense to get that branded card right away, you know, and put your strategy around the rest, you know, build around those. And then depending on your spend availability, how hard you want to play will dictate how frequently you open new cards. You know, somebody asked a question the other day that they wanted to get a business card, but they could maybe only spend about $5,000 every three months. You know, if you don't have a ton of spend, it's going to be really hard to get the Capital One VentureX business card if you don't have a major expense or get some of these Amex business platinum cards with a 15,000 minimum spend requirement. So you have to be a little more creative in that case and look at what you can actually achieve because you don't want to apply for a card and not get the sub. It's, then that's that's really depressing. Yeah, I've uh, never come, in, come into a situation where I haven't, but again, I never played this game prior to starting to learn about it. But there are, I know a lot of members who mentioned, hey, I got this card way back before I ever joined in on war travel or was interested in these because I just thought I needed this co-branded card since it's, you know, where my home airport is, or it's, this is the hotel brand I tend to stay in, but I didn't meet that minimum spend way back then. And I didn't understand the bonuses. And it's always sad to hear those things, but it's a great moment of education. I guess you could say for members to know that there are very lucrative offers out there. For example, the Marriott Bonvoy cards with the five free 50,000 night certificate could be an outstanding value. But if you're not going to use them or you're going to get subpar value and leave that to the last minute and say, Hey, I just need to use those five nights and going to get, you know, 20,000 points per night out of them. You know, that's not the best use for those. So. There's a, a few different scenarios to look at when you're putting together a strategy. And this is kind of actually what where Steve was going. It's like, what's the difference between, you know, two player mode and somebody that doesn't have a player two? You know, how do you how would your strategy differ in those cases? So I broke it down into four different scenarios here. So number one, two player mode, both people can get business cards. This is, you know, this is the Goldilocks one. This is what everybody hopes for because, you know. Get player number one, start out, get the number one beginner card. We always recommend the Chase Sapphire Preferred. Reason being, you got the whole 524 thing, the points transfer, modest annual spend or modest annual fee, decent benefits. Then you refer your P2 for the same card. No authorized user stuff needs to go on there. So you get a referral and you get a sub. Joe just got a big referral on some ink cards there. Didn't do anything but tell people, hey, look at this card. Isn't this great? 40,000 points. I mean, you're halfway. That's the current sub on a CSP right now is 60,000. And that 40,000 was on an ink. So it's different. But if you can get a referral, you're, you know, a third of a way to a sign up bonus in, in some instances. Then get a business card, you know, get one of the inks. You don't need to get the ink preferred, which has the higher, you know, spend requirement. You can get the free one. Then refer player two. They get one and go back and forth and get as many inks as they're going to let you have. Maybe if you start running into the point where you have to call recon, then you stop on Chase and you look at what their co-brand business cards are first. Is there anything else that you really want before you stop opening Chase business cards? 
I'm at the point now that I've mentioned before, I have to call every single time with Chase on any card that I open with them. So I would have to look at it and be like, well, do I want a United business card or do I need a Southwest business card if I'm going for a companion pass as an example? Look at those first, you know, always keep your eye kind of, you know, long term. It's like, okay, well, I ultimately do want this plan accordingly for that. Again, look at your trips and decide what you need. Once you kind of maxed out what you're able to really get in terms of Chase business cards, look at the business cards from other banks because then you're not adding to your 524 count. If you've got the spend to get some Amex business platinums or some business golds, you know, go ahead, get those, get the co-brand ones, get a city AA business card. Those things don't add to your 524 count, but they're a good way to take advantage if you've got the spend and to earn some points. You know, diversification long-term is one of the things you're going for so that you're not, you know, you don't only have Chase. You want to get some Amex points. You want to have some city thank you points so that you have more options when you're looking for flights, but you really kind of got to fill in that Chase portfolio first and be very cognizant of the 524. Yeah, I think that point, it needs to be reiterated. And that's the fact that you're able to diversify these, especially with business cards in this scenario. And in diversifying, you give yourself the most options and those most options gives you the best opportunity to find the best deal. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, I was able to use American miles instead of Avios because I had American miles and it gives me the most flexibility in canceling for when I find something better to make my fourth and fifth and sixth iteration <laughs> of the trip. Well, you know, I had four for my safari, so I, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with what you're doing. So scenario two, two player mode still, but only one person can get business cards. So basically, it's the same exact thing as scenario one, but you can't go back and forth on the the business card referrals. You know, like player one can get a business card. Player two gets more of the Chase personal cards until, you know, you've kind of gotten the ones that you need. Or maybe that's when player two branches out to another bank. I know that when my P2 and I started this, that's kind of what we did. I was the only one that was able to get business cards at that time. So he started in on the Amex one. So he's the first one that got an Amex platinum card and got a gold card. And of course, now they've changed the rules. You've got to get the gold card first. And that's something else to be mindful of. Look at the rules from the card issuers. Are there restrictions if you want, you know, there are restrictions on Bonvoy cards between Amex and Chase, what you can get. There are restrictions in Amex family of cards. Pretty much now, you need to start at the lowest level card that they offer to be able to get the higher value cards. If the first card you get is an Amex Platinum, you can't get a sign-up bonus on a gold or a green after that. Keep in mind that. Scenario three, two-player mode no business cards. This is when you're looking long-term. It's very important because you need to factor in the need to stay under 524. And if you don't care about chase cards and you can't get the ink cards, you know, 524 may not be as important to you. You don't want to get a companion pass. You're not a Hyatt person. You don't fly United. Whatever it is, you know, it's not the be-all and end-all, but you need to kind of look long-term. And you may think up front, oh, I don't care about any of those chase cards. I don't want them. (laughs) And it's possible. It really is possible. But if you and your P2 both go screaming past 524, what if Chase launches the latest and greatest card to ever hit this earth and you can't get it? 
That's what would have happened to us, you know, when they launched the Chase Sapphire Reserve, which at the time it was, wow, 100,000 point offer, great card, and you could get it if you had a Chase Sapphire Preferred already. If we had been over 524 and Joe was, we couldn't have gotten them. So just maybe keep yourself at 424 just to give yourself that opportunity going forward to grab whatever this latest and greatest card might be. I have to say that uh, interrupting you, sorry for a second, sure. but I was, like you said, at past 524 back in 2019 when you know Chase had that switch and they were the only ones able to have uh, the lounge access. And that was, I guess I should say, American Express uh, dropped the priority pass restaurants in August of 2019. And I was no longer eligible for that. And like we've talked before, my wife got it and I became an authorized user. But throughout the pandemic and the early stage of the pandemic, it was hard to get an approval for me. And I kind of just backed up. I took a whole year off of applying for cards. I dropped to 224. And then the cards I started getting after that were back to business cards. So I remained low. And you know, during that period of time, Chase came out with what was an even better offer than the 100000 offer on the Sapphire Reserve is they brought it to the Sapphire Preferred. Yeah. And I was able to grab that uh, because I'd never had a Sapphire card before. I was an authorized user. And so now I was able to grab that 100,000 points off the Sapphire Preferred. And it was because I was under 524 again. So when you're in two-player mode and you can't get business cards, you know, looking long-term, but you're going to start the same, you carefully consider what co-brand cards you're interested in. And once you have those co-brand cards that you care about, maybe keep yourself at 424, but move on to Amex, City, and Capital One. And, you know, with two-player mode, like I said, you can have one person focus on one bank, one person focus on another. You can't really, you know, Chase is great with being able to combine all of your ultimate rewards into one bucket, into one account. You can't do that with Amex. But if you're an authorized user, on your player one's card or player two, whatever the case may be, you can transfer those membership rewards to your the authorized user's loyalty account. And that's how we are in our household because I'm an AU on his gold card. So I can I can use his membership rewards points and not have to use my own. Scenario four, single player mode, no business card. And this is the most challenging way to play the game. And there's a lot of people, especially when they get started, maybe they're older, they're divorced, whatever it is, you have to be very, very thoughtful and you have to really watch your velocity and how quickly you're opening cards. You're limited by the amount of spend you can generate by yourself. Referrals are limited because you can't go back and forth with a player too. So you, you're depending on the kindness of strangers or your friends and family. And without the ability to get the business cards, it's hard to stay under 524. And since all these cards are going to show on your personal credit report, since they're all personal cards, you have to be really mindful of how it looks to the banks. Sure, you can open 12 cards in one year, but all of a sudden the banks are going to wonder, why are they taking on so much additional credit right now? What's going on in this person's life? And we have members that they have been, you know, hard stop. They are not being approved by any bank anymore because they went really hard when they first started playing the game. So you can do it, but it's going to then, you know, they'll come screeching to a halt for a while. So start with the starter card 
add a fee-free card, like one of the freedoms to increase your spending, your daily points earning. Look at the co-brand cards from Chase long-term. Keep yourself at 424. Evaluate your trips. Are y'all detecting a trend here? Evaluate your trips and decide if you need specific branded cards. And then once you're at 424, well, actually at this point it won't matter because you're going to go over 524. Start going to the other banks. Go to Amex, City, Capital One, and follow the offers. And as your needs dictate, you know, it's like Joe said, he all of a sudden, Chase Sapphire Preferred had a 100-point offer. Well, okay, let's circle back to that card because he didn't have it. You want to make certain that you have one of the transfer cards in every family. So in Chase, you want to make certain you have an either an Ink Preferred or a Chase Sapphire Preferred or a Chase Sapphire Reserve. With Amex, you know, they've got several cards that you can transfer your membership rewards. City, you got to have a Premier because you are no longer eligible to apply for a Prestige. And there are very limited opportunities to be able to transfer some from some of the no fee cards and the the transfer ratio is not the one to one but it's really just be thoughtful sit down and look over everything one of our members in both 101 and 201 I've done a one on one consult with him and we have a month by month plan it's like okay in this month do nothing do not open another card you know, he keeps very close track of when he's going to drop below 524. And he knows, you know, down the road towards the end of this year that he's going to be eligible to get some business cards because he's going to have some rental properties that he'll have rental income from. So he's wanting to get below 524 so that then he can start adding ink cards. You just have to be a little more thoughtful and aware of what you're doing but you can still play the game. I mean, we've got members who are young, single, and they're traveling the world. They're they're going on more trips than I'm going on. And they're flying up in first class, not even in business class. And just that's great because they're being really careful with how they're earning their opening their cards. Well, and they're also looking at it and saying, hey, we can buy points at a discount and still fly some of these more prestigious flights and do some things like that. So there are other ways to do it rather than just signing up for cards. But exactly. uh, you also have to look at and say, what's a safe velocity? What would be a safe velocity on an average basis for a person in this type of situation? I'm probably on the more conservative side of the people in this hobby. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at like probably every three months. I wouldn't want to open anything more frequently than that. Four cards in a year, especially if you can switch it out, you know, between different banks. I mean, it'll show on your personal credit report, but it's not like you're going back to the Chase Well every single quarter and be like, hi, give me another one. Um, You know, if you can go ahead and grab some from the other banks, keeping in mind, you know, what the bank application rules are and how sensitive to inquiries, both Capital One and City can be another factor in your strategy. I think that's a, I think that's a nice, safe, safe amount of cards to open. What do you think? Yeah, no, I was going to say the same thing. It's like uh, a lot of members have talked about how they went screaming into it early on and did the, you know, I did a card a month for the first year and then I got shut out for the next 18 months or something like that. And now I do round every 90 days and that seems to be a, a safe marker in as a general consensus. Yeah. So that's kind of all I have. That's, that's pretty much. The order I go on anytime I'm talking to somebody about this hobby, and, and I 
and it's the stuff from what I've learned, it's from what I've read in a group that, you know, results from other people. Do you have anything, any other tips, things you would add? No, I think that covers <laughs> it well. So let's jump into the final tip of the week. So the tip of the week is from one of our members who goes by Fine Flights for Me on Instagram. And his tip is if you need to buy Air France miles, it is cheaper to buy them in euros rather than U.S. dollars. Yeah, if you look at Fine Flights for Me, he has a lot of cool stuff and he doesn't charge anything. Something you can get. Some of the those aspirational flights is a lot of what he's looking for is Q Suites or JAL or ANA First and things like that. But he showed an example of how you could buy the Air France KLM Flying Blue Miles to fly a business class flight for around 800 bucks one, one direction. And that includes the two to $300 in fees that they charge. Oh my gosh. So, so you can buy those miles relatively inexpensively through your paying in euros with your fee that or your card that does not charge you an international fee. Yes. So if you're using like your city premier, Sapphire, preferred or reserve, some of those types of cards, there are some interesting things that you can maybe find to do with those. Interesting. So that wraps up this week's episode of the Award Travel 101 podcast. Angie, tell us where people can find us. For questions, you can join us in the free 100,000 plus member Award Travel 101 community on Facebook. For more intermediate and advanced strategies, check us out in Award Travel 201. Or to book time with our team, check out our Award Travel one-on-one consulting service. We can help you craft a credit card strategy. And you can also email us at contactawardtravel at gmail.com. Our next meetup is located in San Antonio, Texas on April 26th through the 28th of 2024. And we've opened up a few more tickets for members. To learn more, visit Taco Bell Fiesta on Eventbrite. If you'd like to support the Award Travel 101 podcasting community, you can click our links to get your next card. Thanks. Thanks so much and safe travels.